hyperventilating, drunk laps running around the globe, wild goose chasing after three number one albums, would've thought I feel amazing, still impatient, still sipping no liquor, still rolling up swishers. Nice beamers, double pocket, fuck pen and meter, in your club, on your couch, just got paid to be it. On your girl rubbing on my favorite features If they teasers only wanted Bill Franklin's and Mona Lisa Man, I might fuck around, lose my mind I gotta break out, I'm on a stakeout On the farm of your lake house Around 3am, dog. I was getting busy in the bathroom stall Bad mama seat the Miami heater Put it in a two-seater Too bad I couldn't three-peater Need a whole lot of Vita for I see the Reaper house full of snow bunnies Putting trees up like it's Christmas Easter Need more stamps than this skinny nigga Got tax on my visa I know the kids in the frame They don't trust, they believe it I mean, I mean Jesus 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 I might fuck around, lose my mind I gotta break out, I'm on a stakeout On a farm or your lake house Let's get right into this I have about I have about five topics today That I think are Very important topics to unpack Very important topics to talk about um, I'm fucking pumped up right now I'm a little bit irritated actually From being frank with you You guys have been hearing me talk about this fucking dog Once again I have my dog in my arms right now, shaking and shivering as if he's having like some sort of convulsion issues, which he's not. He's just like freaking out because he wants to get down, I guess, but he, that's his fault. He doesn't know how to shut the fuck up. So that's one variable. I have the next door neighbor's dog that won't shut the fuck up too. And let me just make this statement. Um, nothing negative or bad or, or physical is going to happen to the dog something negative or bad is going to happen to the fucking next door neighbors. I'm just going to make that very clear. If the next door neighbors don't realize that having their dog outside in 20 degree weather for four or five hours at a time, barking its face off, if they can't realize and understand that that's a bad idea, then I don't know what's wrong with them. And so there's not much I can do to help that besides punch the neighbor in its fucking throat, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what I need to do, but um, I have to do something because it's getting... It's getting a little intense because I can't even record. I can't even record this. I can't even record my other podcast. I can't even get work done. I literally can't think about anything besides how much I want to punch the next door neighbor in his forehead. That's all I can think about. Um, but fuck all that. Today's episode is going to be a really interesting one. I spent about two minutes a day. I broke my rule. I usually give about 90 seconds to myself and guests, but I broke my rule today. I picked about five topics and I and it's, I spent about five minutes because or two minutes rather because the list is getting really long. What I've been doing each day is I've been as I've been taking a shit, um, <laughs> as I take my my daily poops, I sit down and I look at um, I look at um, I look at just different topics. I look on YouTube. I look at different podcasts. I go on, uh, I read different blogs. I go on Twitter. Twitter is super helpful. Tw Twitter is Twitter is crazy. I actually might do a, a segment where I just start reading off tweets that just speak to me 30 seconds after looking at a, a, a Twitter feed. But um, other than that, just long story short, the list is getting really long of the different topics. And so it's it's turning to a situation where I may have to either do a better job of the way I organize the Google Doc that I'm using, where I can break it up into sections, or I may need to extend the amount of time like I did today around how long I give either my guest or myself 
to look at the, uh, the the topics because it's getting pretty long. Um, but again, I got about five. I can't count. I have six, actually. I have six really interesting topics. Um, I think this dog is revving up again. So let me do this. Let me let me cut into uh, a little bit of a break. Let me go and knock this neighbor the fuck out for a second, and I'll get right back to you guys. All right, so we're going to try this again. Um, so this is ridiculous. Like, this is, this is so unnecessary. I just called my fiancé, and I just damn near started shedding fucking tears about the situation. It's super unnecessary. Like, there is no reason why you should be leaving your dog outside for hours so this person person so this fucking dog can bark its head off for literally hours among hours due to the pure fact that it's probably cold it's probably hungry dude it probably just wants to sit in front of a heat and just chill out like like i don't understand what's the fucking issue um but this is unnecessary so we're back uh bringing you yet another episode of the project lov podcast um i'm excited about these topics again like i said today these topics are really important to life, really important to me personally. Um, I was just explaining how I, I took, it took about two, two and a half minutes to pick these topics. As I was explaining before, I'm trying to cut it down and keep it to around 90 seconds. But um, as the list gets longer and longer, I'm finding myself having to take a little bit longer to pick certain topics because I really want the topics to speak to me. I really want the topics to, um, yeah, kind of choose me. I don't want to necessarily choose the topic. So it's taken me a bit more time to pick the topics, to pick the topics that I feel um, are important to me because the difference between this podcast and I think other podcasts is the following. Like, I don't really give a shit about what I think is going to be relevant and frankly, what I even think anyone else wants to hear. This is for me. And I think whether there's 50 people or whether there's a million people over the duration of me making this content, Someone will resonate with it. Somebody will learn from it. Somebody will find value in it. Somebody will laugh to it. You know my saying, laugh to it, fuck to it, cry to it. Somebody will enjoy it. And and that's really the point. So um, again, I'm just going to keep knocking out these topics and looking on YouTube and Twitter and magazines. And every time I hear something in certain conversations, anything that is just super interesting and intriguing to me, I'm going to add to the um add to the the topic bank if you will and uh just keep track so today's first topic we're going to go over is um why should you have the bravery to say goodbye right why should you have the bravery to say goodbye and what should you say goodbye to because i think that's a two-folded question that there's a lot of value there so let me start with the first why should you have the bravery to say goodbye i think saying goodbye actually has a lot of bravery involved. Like saying goodbye is something that is not easy. Whether you're talking about a relationship, it could be a marriage, it could be a friendship, it could be a work relationship, it could be a job, it could be, you know, you're playing for a sports team and you need to say, you know, saying goodbye in, in any context is not easy. And I think, you know, having the bravery to do so takes a lot of self-awareness, takes a lot of energy. I don't think enough people... I think number one, people need to raise their hand. And I'm raising my hand right now. Let's all admit, let's all just sit down and do some kumbaya shit and admit that there are very few times where we have the balls, the confidence, the hushba, whatever that word is, to say goodbye. Let's admit that. Let's admit that 
we stay in relationships for six months too long. Let's admit that we eat poor diets and bad shit for six or seven months too long. Let's admit that we watch shitty TV shows for six or seven months too long. Let's admit that Wiz Khalifa's last three albums, I probably listened to it for 30 minutes too long. <laughs> Sorry, Wiz. Um, let's admit that we do a lot of things for a little too long that, and and, and really it's based out of a, an angle of we don't have the bravery to stop. Bravery to stop something that we know is bad for us or that we know does not know that that we know no longer serves us takes a level of energy that again we're just not willing to admit. It takes a level of change management that we're not willing to face. And the first step, whether it's drug use or alcohol or whatever it is, the first step is always admitting that you have a problem, admitting that you need to stop, admitting that it's bad for you, admitting that it's no longer serving you. So for me, when I think about having bravery to say goodbye to something, I need, I need to at least admit that I need to say goodbye to it. Um, I think things that are, again, super relevant for folks is probably relationships and jobs. Like we all have a husband, a wife, um, a situation, a friendship that we should be saying goodbye to. I know for a fact in my real life, there are many employees that should be saying goodbye to their leaders and their managers like yesterday like in 2072, <laughs> like, like they should no longer be working at this fucking organization and they should no longer be reporting to this boss because it's no longer serving them and no longer giving them value. Um, I think having bravery to say goodbye and then actually doing it and realizing where it lies and where it connects to your long-term, um, your long-term benefit takes a person that is willing to that is willing to be flawed, right? I think I come across too many people, and I'm thinking of a few direct people right now, that they want other people to see them as perfect. They want other people to look at them and recognize them and to deem them as pure. They want other people to look at them and to recognize them as a good holistic human that makes very little or no mistakes at all. And I think that's a, I think, I think that's actually like on some other type, like some ADD shit. I think that's actually an issue and a flaw. And I can point to a parent. Like I have a, I have a, I have conversations with Des all the time about why I believe parents are more to blame than people really give folks credit for. Like I had this theory and I had this movie where I have this movie concept where parents should be parents should go to jail for being bad parents, bad parents. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about the like completely like obvious crazy shit. I'm not talking about like raping your children or hurting them or leaving them abandoned. I'm talking about subtle shit. Like if you can't teach your child to be brave, if you can't teach your child to be curious, if you can't teach your child to think outside the box, if you can't think teach your child how to have financial literacy. If you can't teach your child how to navigate life, not only for today, but to navigate problems and, and fear and complexities so that they can navigate life, navigate life 30 years from now. If you can't do that and your child growing up is showing consistent energies and behaviors that they're not learning things, the, the, the parent needs to be blamed. So when we bring social services into the mix and we're locking parents up for doing crazy, heinous shit, which I still think needs to happen. 
Why don't we start finding like like why don't we do that, guys? I have a new rule. Why don't we start finding parents ten thousand, twenty thousand, fifty thousand dollars for not teaching your son or daughter how to be a brave motherfucker, for not teaching your son or daughter how to be curious, for not teaching your son how to step up and be a leader? Like why don't we start doing that? We always talk about changing the world and changing behaviors and changing things, and we always have these policies and these laws in place that put our parents in check or put humans in over overall in check where we, and, and if you really look underneath of the hood of the American society and the human race, frankly, if you really look underneath of the hood, it's always really heinous shit. It's always really bad things, rape, murder, assault, theft. It's never, we, we're never punishing and we're never talking about, and we're never pointing to the subtleties curiosity, empathy, patience, bravery, fear, anxiety. When are we going to start holding parents accountable for not teaching their kids how to do those things? We hold parents accountable when, um, we hold parents accountable again, when they do something completely heinous, completely heinous. And we should do that. But when are we going to, like, like my son, I want my son's name to be Bash after Wiz Khalifa's son Bash because I was a huge Wiz Khalifa fan and I still am from, from a holistic, like, legendary, like, legacy perspective. But I've been on the record to say I think his music is fucking shit. I'm sorry, Wiz. That's like the third time I've said that. I'm really sorry. But listen, I, <laughs> I've always talked about my son's name being Bash, short for Sebastian, right? Lock me up if I don't show, if Sebastian doesn't have the ability to face his fears, to remain curious, to, to show empathy. Like if he doesn't know how to show empathy for his first girlfriend or boyfriend, because he might be gay, I don't know. If he doesn't know how to show empathy for his fellow school uh, uh, schoolmates, if he doesn't know how to show empathy for his grandmother, if he doesn't know how to show empathy to his mother, if, if I've been on the record by saying this a lot. If my son, if my son or my daughter, if they do something wrong, and then get mad at me when I catch them doing something wrong. I'm going to take my forehead and bang it against their forehead nine times. I'm on the record by saying it. I've said it a million times. I'm going to get so pissed off. See, those things are subtle because that's that's showing a lack of accountability. And if you have a lack of accountability as a human, you're going to have a lot of problems in life. Trust me, because I had a lot of a lack of accountability in my life. My mom should be in jail right now for that. Let, let's let's call that out. I'm not going to call anyone else out. I'll call my own mom out. Mom, you should have been fined $50,000 for their lack of accountability or certain things that I have or the lack of financial literacy that I now have at 31. So the point is this. When we talk about bravery, when we talk about curiosity, when we talk about all these subtle emotional variables, we need to start. We need to start holding parents accountable. If there's a 31, 29, 57-year-old person in this world walking around with a lack of accountability, I understand that they have the ability as they became an adult to change that behavior. But most behaviors, most habits, as we all know, stem from a certain place. And we need to start pointing to the parents and saying, hey, Mr. fucking James, hey, Mrs. Sally, hey, Mr. Denzel, whoever, like, this is your fault. 
This is your fault. You need to take accountability for it. And now you're going to get fined $50,000. And now you're going to look crazy. And I don't give a shit. And that's just the new law that we're going to make. That's what should happen. And so um, connecting to the original question, though, why should you have the bravery to say goodbye? And what should you have the bravery to say goodbye to? Um, I just explained why you should have the bravery to say goodbye. What I should have the bravery to say goodbye to right now, like if I had to really lock in on something. Um, oh, I'm putting myself on the spot here. What should I have the bravery to say goodbye to right now? Um, I should have the bravery to say goodbye to having conversations with my mom as much as I'm as much as I am right now. Yep, I did it. I said it. I finally said it. And it's something that my boy AJ has talked to me about. And it's something that my fiance has talked to me about. I should have the bravery to say goodbye to the amount of conversations and the depth of the conversations that I'm having with my mother pertaining to certain things that I just don't believe a child should be privy to. And yes, I'm still a child because I am her child. I believe there's certain things that I'm privy to that it fucks me up mentally. I'm just going to say what it is. It fucks me up mentally. It makes me it makes me attempt things in life professionally, financially. It makes me do things reactionary and emotionally wise that I'm not proud of all the time. And so if I'm being honest and if I'm being brave, something that I should utilize my bravery to stop doing as much or say goodbye to would be the amount of times that I'm speaking to my mother on any given week. Because right now we're probably at about four or five. Or actually, if I were to change it, maybe not change the amount of times I'm talking to her and getting distance, change the context of what we're talking about. That probably would be a better solution. Um, that would definitely be a better solution. It's not probably, it's a, it's a must. It's, it, it would definitely change it. So um, those are my thoughts on bravery. Those are my thoughts on things that I should say goodbye to. Um, those are definitely my authentic thoughts on the subtleties of parent parenthood and or is it parent parenting parenthood childhood you guys know what the fuck I'm trying to say those are my thoughts on all of those things um and you know I want to start doing this for those that don't agree with me call me out you know my boy Des does a great job of it I've had a couple other homies and friends reach out to me after listening to the podcast call me out let me know if you don't agree let me know if you think I'm bad shit crazy let me know if I'm off putting. I want to be held accountable. Talking about accountability, talking about bravery, talking about subtleties, subtle me. Let me know where I'm fucking up because I want to be held accountable. So that's topic one. Those are my most honest reactionary thoughts. Let's jump to, uh, to, to category number two. Navigating fear when the stakes are high. This one's interesting. Let me Let me break this one down for you guys because... When I wrote this topic, I was listening to, and sorry if my dog is licking his snout in this microphone. I apologize. You got to stop doing that, kid. Um, navigating fear when the stakes are high. I was listening to Jerry uh, Lorenzo, the, the founder, the CEO, the amazing, brilliant mind behind Fear of God. And I was listening to him on this podcast, and he said that as he was building Fear of God, he felt very little fear. 
And he said he felt the most fear now that fear of God is nearing 100 million in revenue and sales over the year. The fact that fear of God is working with, I mean, gee, I mean, fear of God, are, they're doing collaborations. They've done collaborations with Adidas and Nike and Kith. And I mean, the list can go on and on of what they've done from a juggernaut perspective. I mean, and fear of God as a brand in itself. I mean, fear of God is all over the clothes of, of, of the cast members of Insecure. I mean, fear of God is doing a lot of substantial things. And fear of God was in Barney's when they had a Barney's out in New York. And fear of God, I mean, fear of God's all over LA. Fear of God's all over Italy. Fear of God is everywhere. Um, if, if you see someone walking down the street with the fear of God hoodie on or a fear of fear of God, long tee on or a fear of God, uh, um, slippers or fear of God sweatpants. If you see anyone with fear of God on, that says something about who they are. It says something about what they think in life. It says something about who, who they're either trying to be or who they are or what they think. It says a lot of things. And what I unpack, and he never went to explain himself. He actually never explained himself. And that was a poor job by the interviewer. Um, and so when I wrote this question down or wrote this statement, this, this topic down, navigating fear when the stakes are high, I'm going to assume what he was feeling because I know what I'm feeling. In my personal life, in the brands that I run and the things that I do and, and the, the situations that I'm coming in contact with now, the pressure, the pressure is very minimal and low when you're trying to build something because there's very low expectation that you're going to succeed because trying to do anything great has a very low success rate. Really, really sink into that. As you're trying to build anything great, it could be you're trying to be the greatest real estate agent in the world. You're trying to build a brand new concept for a bar. You're trying to get into streetwear fashion. You're trying to build a social media agency. You're trying to launch an NFT. You're trying to get into stocks. You're trying to get into real estate. I don't give a shit what you're trying to do. On the way up, on the way up, no one thinks you're going to do anything. Everyone assumes you're going to fucking suck. Everyone assumes you're going to fail. Everyone assumes you are going to be a dud. Everyone assumes you're not going to make it. But if you do make it, and that's why I said navigating fear when the stakes are high, if you do make it and your stakes start to increase and the expectations of you start to increase and the probability of you being successful start to increase, that's when things start to get a little bit scary because now you may have an overhead. Now you may have payroll. Now you may have expectations. Now you may have PR. Now you may have brand. Now you may have different emotions to care about. Now you may have, now you may have something to lose. And so I think navigating fear when the stakes are high, it's definitely something interesting to think about because it puts you in a situation and it puts you in a mindset where you really have to question yourself around how scrappy am I versus how strategic and smart am I? I'm in a situation right now where I'm feeling it. I'm at a situation right now where I'm doing two things at one time. I'm trying to attempt one thing that's a little bit more traditional, and I'm trying to attempt something else that's a little bit more entrepreneurial. And both are at a situation where I know there's a shot that I can make it happen. Like I, 
Like I'm pretty confident I can pull it off. But if I don't pull it off, the the negative implications and the pushback of not pulling it off will be a bigger blow to me tangibly, financially, emotionally than any other blow. And I think the fact that I'm willing to like raise my hand and say that honestly is showing a sign of bravery and is a good thing in itself. I think also the fact that me recognizing that if it doesn't work, the stakes are high puts me in a situation where when I analyze the fear, I think for me, I lock in more, right? Like I, I, I hold myself accountable a little bit more. I zone in more. My eyes get really peeled and narrow like it does in the fucking movies when like, you ever see like a, an athletic movie when someone's about to, uh, I don't know, serve a tennis ball or hit a baseball or, or focus on something. You ever notice how they get like really locked in and really like concentrated and focused and really like, I don't know fucking know what I'm trying to say, but you guys know, you probably have that image in your head of like a cartoon or a movie where you see the sweat start to trickle down their forehead and you see their eyes start to peel and narrow. That's kind of what happens to me when I know the stakes are high and I'm fe- and I'm scared and I'm feeling fear. Because all fear is, this is some like philosophical Will Smith shit right now. Let me let me give you guys a little bit of a tip. And I tell my fiance this all the time who deals with uh, with 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 uh anxiety. You want to know what fear is? Fear is you assuming something that may happen, which is fully valid. Let me let me let me give some advice to the ones out there dealing with anxiety. If you're scared of the probability of something happening, it's probably not just bullshit. It's probably not that you're afraid of something happening based off of just false context. You probably have a lot of context. Something probably, there was probably a similar situation that occurred. And now you're afraid of an outcome that was connected to that recent thing that happened that looks similar and feels similar. But tangibly, realistically, You're afraid of something that hasn't happened yet. And if you were to be honest with yourself, you would probably admit that's crazy. Why would you be afraid of something that hasn't happened yet? It's not here yet. It literally is like like yesterday, I was a little bitch watching the John Bonet or whatever that hell documentary is. And I was scared that there was someone camping out in my basement ready to kill me. And my fiance is looking at me like, dude, you're a 31-year-old grown-ass man that's over 200 pounds. Muscle up and headbutt whoever's down there and go put your go put your freaking laundry away. And I was scared. I, I grabbed the dog and the dog almost bit me. I tried to get her to come down with me. <laughs> and I'm willing to admit that I was literally scared off of something that I had no idea would or would not happen yet. And if you really sit down and think about it, That's crazy. Why would we ever be afraid of something that hasn't happened yet? Why would we ever question something that hasn't happened yet? So I think navigating fear when the stakes are high, I think for me, I lock in. I I would like to think I get a little bit more focused. Um, I would like to think that I, I would like to think that I, I just take it a little bit more seriously. And I would like to think that I also um, 
I also create, and this is something I haven't done in one of my plans here, and I probably need to. One thing that I do pretty consistently that I need to do as I'm thinking about it, I create backup plans. And I don't want to hear this like Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, like motivational, like rah, 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 Tony Robbins. There is no plan. There is no plan B. There's only plan A and fuck you. No, fuck you. There is a plan B, C, D, E, F, G. And I stopped going to school, so I can't even count the rest. There is there is something like that. And there should be. Because I think if you have ideas about the next, like if you logically know a lot of scientists do this. A lot of scientists, when they create hypothesis, they're like, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm going to do Y. If that doesn't if that doesn't work, I'm going to do Z. If that doesn't work, I'm going to do X. If that doesn't work, I'm going to do whatever, right? Like we as adults, we as human beings that are encountering something that is scary, we need to have decisions in our mind about what we will do yeah, what we will do if whatever we're afraid of does come true. So let's say that crazy stalker, John Bonet, Ramsey, whatever the hell that concept was, that documentary, let's say there was a scary guy downstairs what ready to kill me. What would I actually do? And I needed to have, and I should have had, a concept in my mind of what I would do. What if the goals that I'm trying to accomplish right now, what if they don't happen? What if they don't work out? What if I'm fucked in that world? Because there's many different worlds, right? Because remember, when, you are, when you're afraid of something, you're afraid of, of one variation of a world. But there are many different worlds, right? Just because something didn't work out in this world doesn't mean it's not going to work out in the other world. And so I think um, – that's probably what I would probably do and I need to work on and how I navigate fear when stakes are high. I lock in, I focus, but I also come up with alternative backup plans that will keep me, that I, that I would be okay with, um, that I would be comfortable with, that my fiance or my mother or my family members or my friends or whoever, my employees, whoever is going to be impacted by those outcomes that I know they would also be okay with as well, because being okay, there's many factors and we need to respect those factors. So um, that's my opinion on that. Um, yes, I am a regular human being that gets scared. I don't care if you laugh at me. Um, I was literally, dude, I was literally scared to go downstairs after watching this freaking documentary uh, because it's crazy. Like someone could very realistically go into our basement, post up, and fucking kill me or like do some weird shit. I don't know. Like at one point they were talking about some guy that like that's still living in Maryland right now that was like running a cult back in the 90s. Like what the fuck was this guy thinking? Right? So people are crazy. I'm kind of crazy. That's how I would navigate fear. Let's move on to topic number three. Why do we lose our bravery as we get older and grow up? I said that bravery a little bit weird. I can't say it. bravery, bravery. There it is. I said it a little bit better this time. Um, why do we lose our bravery? As at, see, I said it weird again. Why do we lose our bravery? You found it, right, Isaac? Okay. Why do we lose our bravery as we get older 
or as we grow up. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, and this will probably be a short topic. The first thing that comes to mind is we, we experience more data points. Um, I'll get a little bit boring here and I apologize. Maybe skip through this part of the podcast. Fuck you if you don't care. I love you if you do care. Um, I studied the neuroscience, I, the, the neuroscience. I studied neuroscience for many years. And one thing we have is we have this thing called memory banks. Now, a lot of people don't realize and understand that our subconscious controls about 99% of what we do. Now, our subconscious is connected to our memory banks. Our memory banks gets filled up by things that we eat, we see, we smell, we touch, we hear, we experience. And so when you're three or four or seven or 12 or even 18, there's a lot less context moments sounds, tastes, smells, situations, experiences locked into your memory banks, locked into your subconscious, aka locked into 99% of the way you do things in life than there is when you're 94 or 47 or 32 or 39. And I think if you look at folks that are very afraid, if you look at folks, folks that have very little bravery, and I'm not talking about the folks that just naturally were born with anxiety. I'm not talking about that. If you look at the folks that just, like, if you look at my mother, for example, or if you look at me, for an example, or you look at, like, many of my friends, for example, we are, we, we, we have lost a lot of our bravery, a lot of our ability to jump out the window and just try new things. We've lost a lot of our creativity as we've gotten older because a lot of fucked up shit has happened between the ages of 19 and 32 or between the ages of 7 and 18 or between the ages of one and 11, or between the ages of 19 and 42. Like, like everyone deals with a certain level of shit. And the more negativity, the more fearful things, the more out of the box, random, negative, bad moments that occur. And the more that's stored into your subconscious, the more that's stored into your memory banks, the more that's locked into your brain, the more that's part of your subconscious, Anytime there's something that looks remotely similar as we get older to the negative things that happened when we were 18 or 17 or 32, sorry about that. That was my dog. He should not do that again. Um, anytime that we notice anything that gets a little bit in that direction, we're going to put ourselves in a situation where we're going to pause ourselves. Bravery is not going to be the immediate reaction that we decide to utilize. Bravery and confidence and excitement is not going to be the tool in the tool belt that we pull from. So I think if you look at, and this is something that a lot of scientists have studied around why kids have so much imagination and why kids have so much, kids have so much creativity and why adults have less of it. It's because kids have not gone through as much shit as adults have. It's because kids have less locked into the subconscious and the memory banks than we do. It's that kids have less of an understanding of the negative implications or the negative outcomes that will happen if you do X, Y, or Z. And so how do you fix that? Because I think 
right? Like now this isn't a this isn't a Tony Robbins personal development, like do this, 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 and this, and I'll save your life podcast. But I guess what I can say is what I've done to navigate bravery is because I think a lot of the things that I do are brave. I think a lot of the things I don't do shows that I'm fearful of being brave. But I think how I've navigated bravery and and maintained bravery as I've gotten older is um, I've, I've wrapped my head around getting more excited about being looked at as an original thinker. Like, like if, like if a woman or a friend or a person or a colleague is going to look at me and say, Ooh, that person's attractive or interesting, or that person is someone I want to know. I want them to be attracted to me or know me based off of my level of my level of my level of um, my level of origin originality. I want them to be attracted and want to know me because I'm an original thinker, not because I look like them. If you really open up the hood and you really look at the people in life that succeed, right? If you really unpack it, and if you really unpack the people in life that are that have a lot of people looking at them and paying attention to them. It's typically the people that are original thinkers, right? The reason why every time on Netflix, we're excited when you see it's in a Netflix original, we're like, oh, this might be pretty dope and interesting. This might be something different. It's the reason why A24 films are so amazing because literally the way they film it and the stories and and the narrative, it's just different. It's out of the box. Human beings are attracted to original originality, original thinking original programming. And I think for me, as I've tried, so the tip that I'm giving, like if I'm putting my Tony Robbins, my Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy cap on, right? Um, if I'm doing that, I want you to get excited about being looked at and being deemed an original thinker. Be more excited about that than people looking at you and wanting to be around you because you look like everyone else or talk like everyone else or you're being like everyone else. It may be a little bit weird when you're young, but it'll look a lot cooler as you get older. Um, I think this goddamn dog is revving up again. Let me cut this topic short. Let's move on to the next. When is it okay for me to be a hypocrite? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. This is a good one. I actually had someone submit this topic. So this is a this is an interesting question. When is it okay to be a hypocrite? Well, I, I guess let's start this way. Let me ask myself, how often am I, am I a hypocrite? That's probably a good question to ask. Like, how often am I actually a hypocrite? Uh, I try not to be. But... I'll give you a couple of moments and examples. My, my, my sexuality in my relationship right now is, uh, is very fun at times, right? But I believe if it were to go a different direction, I would turn into a hypocrite. So let me, fuck this. Let me, let me be honest. Let me, let me be direct. I'm in a, I'm in a, I'm engaged as you know. And we have a relationship where we indulge other ladies from time to time. 
and I enjoy watching my fiance indulge other ladies, right? That's my professional way of saying I like seeing my fiance suck other clits. Okay, that's what I like seeing her do. I like seeing her suck other clits. I like seeing her kiss other girls. I like seeing her. I like seeing. I like seeing her come on another girl's face. That is fun for me. I love it. I like it. It's fun. Hooray! Right. <laughs> um, but I'm a hypocrite because if it was, I, I don't know if I'd be able to strip away the ego, the hold. I have on her in my image of her in my image of who I want her to be for me. I don't know if I could be as excited about seeing a 13 inch or Piper down. Right. Like, I don't know if I'd be as excited to see a dude that that has better hips than me because my hips give out sometimes. I don't know if I would, you know, that's just some old school football shit that I just need to like go to the therapist for and say, hey, literally fix my hip because I can't fuck the way I want to fuck. Don't fix my hips for me to walk better. Fix my hips so I can fuck my fiance better so she doesn't want to take this cr creative sexual energy we have in a completely different, 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 different uh, I can't even talk because I'm so excited, different direction because I'm a hypocrite. That's what I would say to the doctor, right? But moving on, right? <laughs> moving on, I don't know how I would feel if it was a guy. I'm going to be very honest. I don't know how I'd feel. I don't know if I'd be okay with that. Um, I think over time, I'd have to do some, I'd have to reprogram my brain many times to finally be okay with it. I'd have to really, really, really program my brain to get over it. I think that reprogramming would look a little something like reading a lot of books, drinking some tea, meditating, taking some dick pills, fucking, <laughs> I don't know what I would have to, I'd have to do something. But I think over time, seeing her excited and happy and me as a friend, as someone that loves her and wanting her to be excited and happy and coming, I would, I would need to get to a place mentally where I want to see her come more than I want to make her come. That's the place I would need to get. Um, so that's just one hypocrite variable. Um, I think the other hypocrite variable that I would have to get into, or one hypocrite thing that I do, I guess, is um, I, I at times, well, See, the question was not, the question was when, it, when, it, when is it okay to be a hypocrite? So that's probably a better, like the thing I just gave you is the, really is the answer. Like, I do think right now it's okay for me to be a hypocrite when it comes to like the guy and the girl and the sexual thing. That's, I think that's okay right now. Um, what's another example of being okay as a hypocrite? Um, see, a hypocrite is a funny thing because I, I see. I, I'm struggling to come up with another example because I do believe there are moments where it's okay to be a hypocrite. Um, I, you know, actually, I don't think that's okay. I was going to say, I was going to say, I think it's okay to be a hypocrite when it comes to my children, my future kids, 
But I don't think that's okay. Because I think some parents, right? I think some parents get upset. Like some parents that are 42 or 49 or 58 get upset with their kids about how they spend their money, for instance, or what drugs they use. And they forget that they used to do the exact same thing. Because that, and then they, they, they react, see, but they react as if they never did it. And that's the shit that I would never do. So I actually don't have another answer to this one. I'm probably going to shut the podcast down because I actually don't have another one. I think that's the only one that I probably would be okay with me being a little bit of a hypocrite around. Um, yeah, I think that's the only one I'd be okay with. So uh, this was another episode of Project LOV. Um, I think right now, just doing a quick assessment, um, I got to go. Someone's coming at the door. I got to run. I love you. Fuck the project. Uh, fuck the, uh, the legacy lifestyle values variable. I got to go again. Um, I love you. I care about you. Um, sorry to end it awkwardly and weird this way. I just heard a knock at the door. I heard the dogs roughing up. Um, this has been a great episode, though. I want to say that. I do. Before I run, I do want to say that. If you listen to this episode closely, there's a lot of value in this episode. Listen, think, love it, appreciate it. More importantly, love yourself. And I'll check in soon. Tell me why she wanna leave